Welcome, investigator. Evil is on the rise. Crime is escalating. Our mission is to eliminate the crime by exposing evil, examine why it manifests, and highlight the brave souls that confront it every day. Join us as we work together to bring justice to every victim. Welcome to All Things Crime. Here's your host, Jared Bradley. I just saw a video that was just, and it's all over Twitter right now, where a kid was beating up a nine-year-old girl on a school bus. And this kid, he looked like he's definitely a teenager, a boy beating up a little nine-year-old girl. And he is pounding on her, like just fists just going. And I'm like, what? how is it that a whole school bus full of kids and the bus driver would allow a kid like that to beat up a nine-year-old girl? And it's just like, it's just sickening how society it's like there's no respect anymore and this is this has to be taught in the home but you know a lot of these kids are growing up in environments where there's single a lot of single moms out there and there's no dads around to teach these kids or at least a an older male figure and i was interviewing a psychologist a number of months ago and she was basically saying that Males, especially men in every, and it's not just humans. This is in every species on the planet. The male, the young males have to be taught how to act and what is appropriate by the dominant male of the herd or whatever. And if you look at like silverback gorillas in Africa, they, there's one dominant male and that male is constantly being challenged by the young, the younger males that are coming up. He knows that eventually one of these young males is going to be big enough that he's going to be replaced. But until then, he is just smacks the crap out of them anytime they act up. And that goes all the way down to when they're just little and they're just wrestling and just messing around. He is the dominant male. And he teaches them what is appropriate and what is not and how to act. And if they get out of line, they get smacked. Well, whether that smacking is just as you sit them down and talk to them or just in your day-to-day interactions with them, but there's so many young men in today's society that never get taught what is appropriate and what is not. And I've also done episodes on what I called Lord of the Flies. Do you remember that book and the movie? Yeah, the kids are stranded out on that island and they become Lord of the Flies. I mean, where they literally, when they have no adult males and adult supervising them. And this is kind of what I think what happened in Memphis, where they just literally they revert back to just animal instincts and where it's all just physical dominance over whoever else is around them. And yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because the discipline, and if you look at every law book or status from every state of the United States, normally it's going to say that every parent has the right to discipline his or her child to physically to a point that does not cause child abuse. Okay, that's how we describe these days. These days, unfortunately, including the media including a lot of social workers, 
nonprofit organizations. Oh, what's the first thing that I told? If your parents hate you, call the police. That's child abuse. That's wrong completely. As a result of that, young parents, they don't want to discipline their kids. And I'm not saying that you have to do like the gorilla, like you specifying and you clarifying at the same time. But there has to be some sort of discipline. And I tell people, including family members, if you do not believe in spanking, I respect you that. But don't tell me, don't tell me, don't hit your kids. No, don't tell me that. Because trust me, I have grown up guys and I spank them oh, before or whatever. And they still remember they never did a temper tantrum on me at home, at a mall, anywhere. And sometimes we were working in a mall and they see kids like that and the parents, please, they look at me and say, hey, dad, do you remember that? <laughs> if that was your son or daughter, what would have happened? So, you know, the answer, he or she would not be doing that. So I tell you that to tell you that these days they're promoting the discipline wrong, wrongly, completely, because... I mean, it's telling the parents you cannot. And then they expect us, the police officers, right, to discipline their kids. It's like, no. Sometimes I scare them away or whatever, but that's it. But I also tell you that to tell you that we have to look at the officers and the kind of discipline that they have at home, okay? And that reminds me a couple of times that I was, I got a couple of kids, like at 1130 at night, say in the summertime, hey, it's getting close to midnight. Truancy, we're going to get you, so you better go back home. Well, I was driving around, 1.30 in the morning, I see a scout car, start the same three kids. I go and help them out. We take the kids to their houses, and the first thing that came out of uh, the moms is, what are you doing to my child? And I'm like, because my mouth sometimes is out of control, I have to say something, and I told her to say, what do you mean? We're bringing your kid here that we just saved the lives because it was in a bad neighborhood, okay? And by the way, yeah, you don't have to be touching or whatever. So we're bringing him over. Why don't you thank us for saving his life or their lives? Ah, whatever. And I'm like, you know what happened? That you are an unfit mother and you don't know how to raise your child. Oh my gosh, I was like, ah, why you batch number or whatever? Say, I don't care. I give you my batch number, my name and whatever. Nothing is going to happen to me because what happened is that I'm telling you that you're doing the things wrong and you don't know how to raise a child. So those things are affecting the way everybody's getting raised, especially these young police officers. And again, I'm not judging them or their parents, but the problem is you're going to tell me, Jerry, and anybody can tell me out there, you think they had the best parents or they were brought up the best way? I don't think so. I don't think so. And again, I'm not judging whatever happened in their lives. I'm just making an analysis based on my training and experience for over 30 years, including law enforcement, probation officer, and a military person, a born-again Christian. And I've been dealing with the African-American community for years, Latino community, and some other ones, you know, from overseas, both here in the United States. And trust me, I learned so much that if they were to allow me to do something about it, the first thing I would say, you know what? Every kid is going to have to go through the military. Because if you see the kids join in the military and then they come and join the police department, it's very different. Because when you are in the military, they teach you what? Discipline. That's one of the things that I love the most because I live it that myself. 
See, yeah. and the Memphis guys, I don't know if any of them were in the military before. And if they were, how long they lasted. And then I'm eager to know the way they were brought up, to be honest with you. And again, I never wanted to rush into judgment. However, it's not me alone. We're talking about hundreds, thousands of officers coming to the same conversation and agreement that we have in reference to that. Because, Jared, from now on, it's going to be even harder after the Memphis, Tennessee incident for us because it changed from being racist to the same race, black and white, black people against black people. And honestly, it's like when the Latino officer does something in LA against the Latino gang members. Do you see what I'm saying? But since they don't give a lot of advertising and promotion to those things, they give it more to black and whites or whatever. When this happened, everybody here, what I work at, we were like, no, this is gonna affect us tremendously. And in fact, I told a couple of supervisors with the John Power units, I say, you guys gotta be careful. Not twice, four times, but you know, many times because they can give us a welcome with shooting at us or just having a group of people jumping at us. We don't know. But the thing is the thing is that this is gonna change dramatically for the worse for us. Which is sad because once the first line breaks down and one of the things that I've learned over the years is that when you are looking at law enforcement, 99% of what you guys do, nobody ever knows. The crimes that you prevent just because you're there, nobody ever takes that into account. And if we want the Wild West, when, which is basically like anybody that says, well, we don't need cops because I can protect myself, I can protect my family. I'm like, <laughs> you're, I'm sorry, but you're just stupid for saying that because... Thank you. There's no way anybody can actually have a functioning life without society functioning. And society cannot function if it doesn't have some form of protection. And it's just insane. I mean, you can't have, I mean, there's a reason that even back in the 1800s, when you had the Wild West, one of the first people they hired was somebody to keep the peace. Thank you. you know, that, that town sheriff. And they always hired the biggest, baddest dude, the one that could handle the gun and the one that could, when he walked into the saloon, the music stopped. Everybody <laughs> looked over and said, oh, crap, the sheriff just walked in. It's kind of like when I knew my dad was mad. My dad grew up in a ranch in Idaho. Oh. And, yeah. <laughs> and his dad was a rancher. And he was all about what you were describing with the whole discipline thing. If I had talked to my mom. Well, in fact, let me tell you a little story. When I was a sophomore, I was a late bloomer. And when I was a sophomore, I was finally tall enough. I was five foot three. And I was finally tall enough. I could look my mom in the eye because she was five, two, five, three. So I thought I was big and bad. And <laughs> I was, I think about it now and I'm like, oh my gosh, how pathetic that I'm five, three I weigh all of 105 pounds, and I'm like, yeah, I can finally talk down to my mom because I'm big and bad. Well, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Growing up on a ranch, my dad was, he was as tough as nails. He used to get up at four in the morning, go milk the cows before he had to get on the bus and ride that for an hour to is this little school. He grew up in a town of like 300 people. Okay. Well, he never went to the doctor. I mean, and he was never, even when he felt like crap, had the flu or something, 
he still went to work. So my dad during the day was never home. Okay. Well, on this particular day, and this is just fate, on this particular day that I thought I was big and bad and I was going to backtalk my mom and tell her what was what, he happened to be home. And because, because he was so sick that he just couldn't go to work. Well, he was back in the bedroom, sleeping, taking a nap. And this is like mid-afternoon after I'd gotten home from school. And I was back talking to my mom. I didn't even know he was home. Ooh. He came out of that bedroom, came up behind me, and he cuffed me in the side of the head so hard that if it wasn't for the couch and gravity, I'd still be rolling. And <laughs> it was unbelievable. And yeah, I'm not kidding you. And I'm sure you've been through these kind of stories, but yeah, I still remember to this day. And this was, geez, 45 years ago. He stood over the top of me and he's point his finger right in my face. And I'm like on the ground. Just I haven't the pain hasn't even fully hit me yet. And he's standing over the top of me and he's like, don't you ever talk to my wife that way again. He didn't not your mother, my wife. (laughs) That's right. He said, don't you ever talk to my wife that way again. And um, I never did. (laughs) yeah it only took once and i realized that there are things you can get away with in life and there are things that you can't and back in our day when we were growing up back talking your mom back talking your teachers disrespecting law enforcement disrespecting anybody really of authority had repercussions and but you also think about how good life was back then. Oh, yeah. You could send your kids out around the neighborhood and basically say, you know what? When the sun goes down, that's when you need to come home. And parents never worried because the neighborhood was safe. The other kids were good kids. You knew how they were raised. And you never had to worry about this kind of stuff. And yet today, parents are so paranoid. It's like they literally, if they go to a park, they will not take their eyes off of no. any responsible parent, at least. They won't take their eyes off of their kids. And it's because things have changed so much. And a big part of it is because we don't parent anymore. We don't teach our kids in the home. And I, I don't know where I heard this, but they said, either you discipline your kids or society will. And it's true. Yeah. And it's true. You say something before about... People saying that we don't need the police. But then I ask those people, first of all, why do we have laws? Why the laws are written, number one? Number two, which should be number one, why we discipline when we did something wrong? And, you know, I mean, I'm so glad you shared that because I got some similar stuff that happened to me. And then number three, are you a self-conscious person when you make that comment of, we don't need the police, especially nowadays. I remember that somebody sent me a video of, uh, that, was, that was a couple of years ago, when the Black Lives Matters and that group and so in Antifa, they started like, defund the police, defund the police, defund the police. So it was like a comic book and somebody called the police and the dispatcher was like, hello, who you calling? The police department said, how can we help you? Well, I have this problem and these guys are getting into my home with guns. Really? Say, so, yeah. Well, listen, we don't have police anymore because, as a matter of fact, you were one of the people that wanted to defund the police. 
Say, really? So what can I do? I mean, I need some help and they have guns. Okay, first of all, we have a person from the neighbor that in case of anything happen, you have to contact that person. But who is that person? Well, that's an 80-year-old woman. And if you want the number, she's probably sleeping right now. But you can call her to see if she can help you out. By the way, sometimes she uses some crutches because she can she can hardly work, walk, right? Yeah, but I need some help. And I say, well, okay, we can call her to see when she can arrive there and what I can do for you. But first of all, can you tell me how many guys? Well, there's like three guys. Are they black, white, or whatever? Well, I don't know. So can you go outside and find out and let us know? Well, if I go out, they're probably going to hurt me. So, okay, do they have guns? Yeah. What kind of guns? Well, we need to make, know the make in whatever caliber of the guns and stuff like that. Listen, I need some help. I need the police to say, again, I'm sorry, we don't have any police officers. That person that you chose to be the one because you didn't want any police officers is there. So I'm going to call her to see if she can answer because she's got problems sleeping sometimes. But so if she gets there on time, you may be able to be safe, whatever. I was laughing my butt off, whatever. And I'm like, so these people need to experience things like that in order for them to know that the police is crucial. And there have been, including some politicians, that they are like, well, I just was a victim of crime. I need the police and say, wait a minute, but you were the number one saying we need to defund the police. But nonetheless, you have bodyguards that are armed, so you don't need the police. Do you see what I'm saying, where I'm coming from? Oh, yeah. no, <laughs> I heard, um, what was it, a month ago, Robert De Niro, his apartment uh-huh. got broken into in New yeah. York. And he's one of those guys where he's like totally anti-police and just saying all sorts of ridiculous things. Yeah. And I imagine he probably has security. He's recent. He, yeah. I mean, the dude's so wealthy that he could hire his own police force. But the funny thing is some guy that had like 15 prior arrests breaks into his home. And so all of a sudden he's like, oh, I need help. Just like what you're saying. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know what, buddy? People that you support have these no bail laws and things like that. And that's kind of the first inkling of what's going to happen if we stay on this trend where criminals aren't held to account and you demonize the police, you defund the police, you know, the numbers are going down, crime is going up, you don't do anything about it. That's where we're headed. Thanks for joining us. Your attention today brings us one step closer to exposing and eliminating the evil that brings crime to our communities. Hit subscribe and share this episode. Together, we will bring justice to every victim.